Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That eventually led for her coming on and saying, hey, I'm going to help you figure this out on the technology side of things. That one person who believed in me and said, I want to help you, this is a great idea, let's go for it. And that was all it took. Hello, and welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. I'm Claire Hatton. And I'm Greta Thomas. And we're on a mission to help you achieve your goals. We're all about sharing the secrets of the world's most innovative and pioneering successful women. Hear their uplifting stories and practical advice right here. Yes, right here. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then why not sign up for our newsletter at hello at don'tstopusnow.co and keep listening for this week's latest episode. Hello and welcome to December. Already, it's just crazy how fast this year is going now. You can say that again. Now, the end of the year can mean travel planning for a lot of people. Of course, you know, things have been a bit different to say the least in the last two years, thanks to the pandemic. You can say that again. But business trips and holidays are the bread and butter for the fashion forward American founder on the show today, Stephanie Nissen. Stephanie founded her business, Travel Porter, with the idea that you would arrive at your destination to find a specially hand-picked travel wardrobe that you'd approved already, and it was ready and waiting for you at your hotel. You rented it for your holiday, could buy the pieces you loved, or simply return the lot by leaving it at your hotel front desk. It's such a clever and appealing concept. I just love that idea. Yeah, Yeah, me too. And, you know, it was really just hitting its strides when COVID pretty much put Stephanie's business into hibernation. And the business had been really getting significant traction as well. You know, it also had great coverage in the New York Times. So you can just imagine how frustrating and maddening COVID's arrival on the scene must have been for this entrepreneur and fashion designer and stylist. That's for sure. So in this episode, you'll hear just where Stephanie's at today, as well as how she started her career in fashion design, the advice her designer employer gave her that had her really change direction, how losing her luggage inspired the idea for a brand new business, and Stephanie shares how a significant trauma actually led her to have the courage to start her new venture. Yeah, that's a really moving and surprisingly hopeful story. So enjoy this episode with the resilient and courageous Stephanie Nissen. Stephanie, welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Oh, it's our pleasure. And where are you speaking to us from today? I'm coming to you from sunny Huntington Beach, California. Excellent. A question we always ask our guests at the beginning is, you know, if you were at a dinner party meeting people you hadn't met before, how would you briefly summarize what you do today if they asked you? That's a great question. I I really would just 
explain that my background is in design and fashion and styling. I founded a company called Travel Porter, and it's a clothing rental company that creates a personalized wardrobe that's based on the traveler's trip activities, the style, the weather, and we send that to their hotel. Fantastic. And I know that that's had all kinds of issues as one would expect thanks to coronavirus. So we will dive into how you've navigated all of that with Travel Porter coming up. But before we get into that, you know, if we go back to your childhood, where did you grow up? Was that in Huntington or somewhere else? So I actually grew up in a really small town in Utah and I loved growing up there. My childhood was very adventurous. I was always, you know, outside. There was always something exciting going on in my family, whether it was a whitewater rafting trip, snowboarding, camping, four-wheeling. But when I wasn't doing that, I actually was a dancer and loved just the creativity of dance. And I actually designed our dance costumes. And that is what led me to my career here in Los Angeles as a designer. What kind of age were you when you sort of thought fashion and design were the direction you'd want to go in? I think I was a sophomore in high school. There was something advertised in school, actually. It was FITM. It's the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising here in Los Angeles. And I never considered fashion as a career. And they were advertising this three days of fashion. Come check out the college. Really discover what the different opportunities in these careers could be. And you actually did go to FIDM? Yes, I I came here. I had one year, I had a scholarship in Utah. So I finished my AA extremely fast within the year. It's your Associates of Art degree. Before I I came to FIDM so that I could, you know, save money before I got my bachelor's in business at the school. And that course took me around three years. Great. And then you actually did go on to be a fashion designer, didn't you? Tell us a bit about that. I did. Yeah, it was exciting. Um, I actually graduated right at the time, around the time the recession hit. So that was really difficult. It really forced me to get creative. So I started freelancing for a couple different companies in downtown LA. There's a huge fashion district there. And then was able to land a position as a design assistant for a denim company. You know, that was really my first role and I I loved it. I learned a lot. I actually, I think it was that role that had me realize just the whole, you know, putting my education into practice and really learning full circle, the design to production, supply chain. And, you know, that really opened up my eyes. And I think what kind of led me down the road towards sustainability. Yeah, great. And and it must have been a really exciting time. I imagine like LA fashion to be sort of like really quite highbrow and exciting. And Hollywood. And Hollywood, exactly. <laughs> How did it feel? Oh, I loved it. I I definitely was living my dream. I'm, I mean, I'm still living my dream, but, you know, then it was very much part of the scene. Like there were celebrities that we constantly saw either maybe in the office or out and about. It was an exciting scene. I had a position designing for this woman who had a high-end collection in Hollywood, actually. Her mother was the top costume designer for Hollywood. So I would come into work and and we had a place in the back of their shop where we designed our collection, but I'd go through and see them designing Katy Perry's costumes, the pattern boxes for Black Eyed Peas, Michael Jackson, 
various amazing celebrities where every day I went to work, I was just like, wow, what are you working on? I loved what I was doing with the designer, but it was just really cool to be in that energy and, and just see it happening in Hollywood. Yeah, I can. uh, Well, I, I actually can't imagine it. It sounds very glamorous. Then how hard was it then to make the transition from fashion into styling, which was where you went next? That position was really interesting. I did a lot within the company from marketing, sales, design, and kind of got to get a flavor of a lot of different things, which I really loved. But this designer actually, after a couple of years of working with her, she said to me something that always stuck, which was really, look, I know you love design. I know you could pursue whatever you set out to do, but I'm going to just kind of give you some advice from my standpoint. What she said to me was, starting a collection is very risky. You're going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to try to keep it up, try to get it in the press, try to do X, Y, and Z things in order for it to be successful. And if it doesn't become successful, you're left with inventory. You're left with just kind of this business that doesn't move forward. And that's what happened to her. And that was really crazy to me that, you know, she kind of looked at that investment and said, I wish I would have put this into real estate. And I really kind of thought about that a lot. I was like, is this what I really want to do? And ultimately, I I don't think that it was. I learned a lot. But what I really wanted to do at that point was transition into more working one-on-one with people and helping them with their style. And so that's kind of the next stage of my career was personal styling. I learned really how to dress just as an everyday woman based on their body type, their personality, and really what colors uh, worked best for them. And what was the hardest part about kind of winning clients or getting new clients? Because presumably this is the first time you're sort of truly, other than your early freelancing days, that you were out on your own trying to win sort of customers. Yeah. So I really turned towards networking. I I became part of a few different groups. I used meetup.com. And I found a woman empowered group, which was amazing. And I I think that's such an easy tool, whether it's Eventbrite here in the US, Eventbrite and meetup.com and kind of find the audience you're looking for and go to their events. I ended up having a booth at some of their events where I just, I actually had a style quiz and I would just say, you know, take the style quiz and I'll give you a little bit more feedback on your style. And that was like a really good introduction into meeting the person. They learned a little bit about themselves. And then, you know, they would be either like, hey, can you come to book at my closet? Can you help me put some things together? Or can we go shopping? I just would really love some help here, you know, with dressing better. That's really how how I got going was the networking events. That's really kind of great ingenuity and initiative and makes complete sense. And that led, all that personal styling work, I think, led to you founding a business that you called It's Perfectly Me some years back. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So it was really interesting um, meeting someone who knew about my design background. And then I had gone through this whole, what was called the Style Institute and became what they call certified. This woman then approached me, you know, a couple of years after I was doing the style consulting And she said, Hey, I I have this idea and I think you would be great um, to come in and see how you fit in. So really kind of how it went (laughs) was I came in and we talked about designing 
women's custom clothing based on what we called a style code. So that was your body type, personality, and then the colors. And so really the idea was using technology to capture what your body measurements were. And then I designed collections based on different body types, say hourglass, triangle, et cetera. And then you got to customize the details based on that collection that was designed for your body types. So really all customized, very advanced. This was maybe eight years ago. It was really ahead of its time, I think. I became a co-founder and really wore a, diff- a bunch of different hats. I think the only thing I really wasn't doing was fundraising. <laughs> so I really did a lot of these different phases of the company, not just designing, but that gave me a lot of knowledge. And I think you know that really helped fuel me and and have this really good base knowledge of what I needed to do for then Travel Porter. Yeah. And what's fantastic about that is, you know, back then, you know, so 2014, I think is about eight years ago, most fashion brands were not getting that digital. Of course, they've all sort of realized they have to be there now, but it must have been also pretty exciting just to be at the vanguard and and using those kind of the technology and algorithms to help match the body type to the right collection and things like that. Yeah, it was it was very exciting and I think just at the time was when one of the very first styling companies came online it was called Keaton Row and I was actually one of their early adopter stylists and everything became digital so it was really interesting the tools that started popping up online. And yeah, so that was really exciting. I loved the technology part of this. And being an early adopter, what were the biggest challenges that you found being a, well, being a co-founder and starting a a new business? I think it was finding the right audience. And there was actually, this was really interesting um, that I realized is the founder and me as a co-founder, we had a huge age gap between us. And so I believed not that that market was my age necessarily, but I think that her version of it was a lot differently than mine. I think there was challenges with us kind of agreeing on this target market. I think we didn't quite find the right fit. And I think that was one thing that really learning that lesson is that it's so important to find the right fit. The other challenge was the price point. This was very expensive to do and not a lot of people were willing to pay for it. Right. Yeah. And I guess that's the downside of being early in the adoption cycle means that your technology costs are probably higher as well as all of your manufacturing and things like that. Yep. And so how did you know when to call it quits? I didn't feel it was the right fit to keep moving forward with the company. There was funding that happened. We did a a Kickstarter campaign, still didn't really get the traction we needed. And, you know, I just didn't feel like maybe we were on the same page. It was just time to call it quits. Yeah. And that, and that's a really important learning, isn't it? I mean, you know, your co-founder and being on the same page with your co-founder is absolutely critical for a successful business. 100%. I actually kind of, <laughs> with kind of being scarred around that part of, you know, the business, because it was really hard to move forward. I loved what we were building, but I kind of realized I was better maybe being alone on that part of things until I needed to really find that team. I think a lot of founders have had previous experiences with a co-founder and then sometimes decide, oh, it's better to be sort of a, a solo founder. And so did this lead you straight to founding your 
new business travel porter? Not exactly. So it was really an interesting time. I ended up going to Trunk Club. It was actually an amazing company to be at and kind of learn the inner workings of what they were doing. That was a company that was acquired by Nordstrom. And, you know, it was a really kind of hot, trendy thing that what they were doing. So I wanted to really go and be amongst a group of stylists and really kind of drum up more business again with style consulting. And just to jump in, Trunk Club, for the listeners who are not so familiar if they're in different countries, what did Trunk Club do? Trunk Club was a styling solution for men at the time. They ended up incorporating women into the mix. But we had clubhouses was one of their one part of their business model. You could come into a clubhouse, get styled, have a cocktail, make a custom suit. It was like a really trendy, cool place to come shopping, very personalized. Or we could send you a trunk of clothes. You try it on at home, keep what you like, and then send back the rest. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So it was it was there I was for an amount of time, but I was actually on a trip. I think early part of the year I joined and I had this experience that happens with travelers all the time. But an airline lost my luggage. How has it happened to, to either one of you? Oh, yes. Yep. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I had this kind of moment where I was like, well, what if I just arrived at my hotel and my wardrobe was waiting for me? That would be amazing. You know, you would save all this time. You would save you know, the suitcases, you know, all the suitcases you bring and wouldn't that just be cool. And I really, that's kind of all it was at the time. I didn't pursue it for quite a while. And I think it was just because I was doing what I was doing until I actually had to overcome a huge adversity. Something just was extremely difficult for me that had me quit trunk club and kind of just try to figure out how to move forward. Wow. And what happened? So I was a survivor of rape and. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I I look back and ultimately I think my healing journey really led me to pursue travel porter and it saved me. I think it really gave me a purpose to be driven, to keep going, you know, to have something to be excited about. Wow. And, and how did you get your south through that terribly traumatic experience and then get yourself to the place where you could start something new? So I became really depressed and I, you know, rightly so I think, but I really wondered if how, or, or if I would ever get my life back. And I really kind of relied on my medicine, medicine that I would call meditation or travel. And something about Bali is a place that kept coming up. And I was like, am I crazy for thinking I should go to like Bali right now? Like, I don't know if this is the right time, but it felt like a place I could go and heal. And I also wanted to use the trip to actually volunteer and give back because I think I knew that would help my soul is giving back. So I did just that. And I went by myself. I joined IVHQ. It's this international volunteer headquarters, did a lot of research on it, told my family I'd be fine and just trusted in the universe at that point. And I'm so, so grateful that I did because I was there for about a month and 
it's exactly what I needed. It was actually during the volunteering where I met a group of female volunteers, but they were from all, all over the world. I became really good friends with them, still in touch with them to this day. And, you know, that was, that was about five years ago. And I really confided in them, not so much about what happened, but just really kind of played around with, well, what do I do next? You know, and I, I kind of just said, Hey, what do you think about this idea? I know you guys travel. What if you just showed up and your wardrobe was waiting for you? And I guess I I would kind of call this group of people, my first really focused group. I think they were really excited about the idea and had a lot of ideas that really just got me thinking, I'm like, could this be something, you know? And I really kind of sat on that in the trip. Not that I was like, okay, let me decide that I want to do this. But it was after I got back about a month after the trip, I really was like, you know, I think I'm, I'm ready for this. And I think this is going to get me out of bed, get me going, get me excited. So I committed to to doing that. And at the beginning of 2017 is when I really founded Travel Porter. Wow. Well, and you know, I'm just listening to this story and, and what comes through to me is just this huge amount of courage, first of all, to pick yourself up and take yourself to Bali on your own, because you knew that, where you felt intuitively that that would be a place of healing. And then to sort of then have the courage to get home and start to think about something else. That's just really very inspiring to me. Thank you. And I also really think what's inspiring is in your moments of pain, you had the incredible heart to think you needed to give back. That makes me feel quite emotional because I think that's just, you know, a deep reflection into your soul. So that's very moving. Yeah. Thank you. Stephanie, um, I have to say Greta's sitting here with tears in her <laughs> eyes. <laughs> I appreciate yeah, that. Right. It's, it's not easy to, to talk about or share. And I think I've really thought about this interview a lot and I just want to give others this hope, you know, if they're going through something similar is that there is hope and that there are people out there who you can lean on. And I really just want to help people, you know, and I think I could, I'm, I'm using this platform to be able to do that. Yeah. And that's the wonderful thing and really generous. And we thank you for that. Was it difficult for you to sort of every day move on to something new or was it just that you got, you were really excited now about the idea and concept of Travel Porter that it sort of consumed you? Yeah, it was the latter. I met somebody and actually she was one of my styling clients and she was a CTO and I called her up and I really just kind of said, Hey, I have, I have this idea. She knew that I had been part of the other startup and we just kept talking and talking about it. And, and that eventually led for her coming on and saying, Hey, I'm going to help you figure this out on the technology side of things. And that one person who believed in me and said, I want to help you. This is a great idea. Let's go for it. And that was all it took. And then I was still healing. I was still moving through the feels of what I went through, but this became something that really kind of turned the tables on my mood, my, you know, my purpose, the drive that I had, and that really shifted everything for me. Mm. Yeah. You've really turned a trauma into something that's really galvanizing, haven't you? Yeah. It gave me this excitement and this adventure that I knew would really move me 
in the right direction. So I went with it. What is the big vision for Travel Porter? I just, I want to change the way that people travel and experience fashion. And, you know, within that, there's a lot of sustainability, um, not just on the fashion side, but with travel. And so it's really to just make a difference there. And the big vision is travel retail. It's to even be able to maybe go into an airport or on an airplane schedule, you know, this rental travel wardrobe that will be waiting for you. God, I love the sound of that. And tell us, you know, how the business was going in sort of January, February last year, pre COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was, you know, when I look back, it's, it's frustrating because that was actually our best times. Like we had this great article in the New York times In February, I was highlighted by one of our partners, who's a corporate travel management company, who highlighted us as the number one startup to watch for 2020. And you had all this really great press. We had a lot of signups and then really just saw that transform into nothing, honestly. Our biggest customer was business travelers. So that just went away. And that was really hard. And we are still on hiatus, honestly. There's some things that are percolating, but if they don't really transpire, then then I'm not sure it's really the right time to keep moving forward, unfortunately. But I'm still just seeing where things are headed going into 2022. Yeah, it's, it's such a world of uncertainty and planning is so difficult right now. But sort of going back to pre-COVID in terms of the actual business, was it all done on an app and did you have your own inventory? I mean, I'm sure there there are many complicated, not to mention sort of logistics in this whole scenario that you must have successfully cracked in order to be getting where you were last January, February. But can you just tell us a bit about how it worked? Customers could book their travel, either desktop or mobile. And we asked a series of questions. One related to style, so your sizes, what colors you like, what your style was, and then questions about your trip. So what activities, where you were staying and when. And then we, on our side, the stylist would curate a wardrobe based on all of that criteria. 10 days before your trip, a traveler would then choose what they wanted to rent. And those selections were sent to their hotel ahead of time. The traveler then could purchase an item if they wanted to, or they would just leave it at the front deck um, when they checked out. And that would be sent back to the warehouse. One of, I I think, the greatest things that I set up early on, and I'm so proud (laughs) that, that we were able to figure this out, was that we don't own any inventory. And we partnered with other clothing suppliers to get our inventory. Well, that must have been a real godsend to not have inventory when, oh, yeah. when that hit financially. 100%. I think it, it, it's the reason we're able to be in this hiatus until the time is right to get out of it. You know, we're not sitting on inventory. And how have you actually got through it? Have you had to, did you have employees that you had to stand down? What, what have you had to do? Yeah, exactly that. That was really tough, but you know, there really wasn't, funding on our end to really kind of just sit it out, you know? So right now we're just, you know, there's people that know when we come back, they'll have a job, but it's really difficult to say, Hey, this, this is where it's at. And 
I know you really believe in us, but I want you to be able to do what you have to do to provide for your household. Yeah, it must be so tough. And how have you have you sort of kept going mentally through all this? I think it's going back to my medicine, the meditation, travel not so much, um, just yeah. obviously because of the pandemic, but meditation has always been something that just has kept me in the present moment. It's transformed my thoughts and mindset into a more calm and peaceful environment. And I think that's been like the greatest tool for me during this time. I also started focusing on what I knew I was really passionate about, which is sustainability. So I knew I was interested in sustainability around clothing and the fashion industry, but I really turned towards travel. What is travel doing? And I'm actually kind of threw myself into a certification course, um, which I'm finishing up soon around sustainable business travel. And that to me has kept my mindset kind of alive and excited and and really thriving, I think. So just being able to figure out what those passions are, I think was really helpful. Yeah, fantastic. So Stephanie, if you could go back to a time uh, when you were 20 year old. I know, because she's really young. Oh. Really young. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what advice would you give that 20 year old self? Oh my gosh, I wish I could go back and really give myself this advice. Um, I would really tell myself not to stress so much. Just breathe. Life will work itself out as it's supposed to and know that every experience will have a lesson and get yourself into yoga and meditation <laughs> to really to really learn some tools to help you out. And I would also say to go live abroad and have some epic adventures. Yay to epic adventures. <laughs> Absolutely. While you meditate. Exactly. <laughs> And do you have any advice for young women who are going through tough times? Sure. I mean, I think we're all going through something, you know, and I really think taking the time to process and feel those emotions are really important because there's nothing wrong with how you feel. I think it's human nature. We're all feeling more so on the downside <laughs> this last you know, year or two. But those feelings are important to feel because suppressing or ignoring them don't get you anywhere. They'll just come up later and just be comfortable with the change. Yeah, really, really, really great advice. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing your your journey and your story with such generosity. We really, really are very appreciative of the courage it takes to actually do that. So Thank you so much for the time that you spent with us today. Thank you for having me. I actually really appreciate the platform and actually feel a bit of relief for being able to share that. And I really, truly hope others know that I could be someone to lean on because I've been there. So thank you. Well, that's fantastic. So with that in mind, if our listeners did want to know more about you, where would they go to find out more? You can check out travelporter.com. It's trvlporter.com. And then you can find me on Instagram at Steph, S-T-E-F dot Barkman. Brilliant. Well, we'll make sure that all of those links are put up on the show notes. Great. And it just leaves me to say thank you again, Steph. It's been an absolute joy talking to you. And we really, really wish 
you the best of luck. And we really hope Travel Porter gets back out of hibernation mode and back into being there as, an, as a great service for travelers because boy, do we need it. Oh, thank you so much. I hope so as well. And it was so great to be here. Thank you again. Gosh, Stephanie has been through a lot, hasn't she? Yeah, absolutely. And it's just so very generous and brave of her, both to share her story, but also hearing of the things she did along the path to finding healing and recovery for herself. Yeah, I know. I found that really moving. Yeah, me too. You know, I'm so curious to see what Stephanie does next year in 2022. Will Travel Porter re-emerge or will Stephanie decide it's time to move on and do something less vulnerable to pandemics, amongst other things? Yeah, I know. It's a really interesting question. And we'll have to check in with her sometime next year and find out. A great idea. You know, it's such a shame for Travel Porter to date, as I really think Stephanie's idea of working with local designers to create the different wardrobes and the fact her business didn't have to own any inventory at all was really clever. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the sustainability of the idea as well. Yeah, true. Well, that's this episode done and dusted. We've only got a few episodes left this year, so don't miss out on next week's mini episode. Indeed. Have a great week, stay safe and ciao for now. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.